Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Hockey Show Podcast. I'm Nick. I'm John. Nick, did you say you were having coffee? Uh, yeah, I'm having coffee. It has already been a super long week, and it's only Tuesday as of this recording. Okay, so given that you usually wake up around 3 in the morning, are you just not planning on sleeping tonight? No, probably I'll fall asleep sometime around like 10, which... That's been the issue. Even with a coffee. Even with the coffee, uh, just because it's been it's been a long day, uh, and it's I we I've screwed up my sleep pattern for the week. I started it off wrong because Sunday night with the Last of Us being so good, it's become can't miss because waking up that early at some point I will see spoilers, especially working. But, but radio. you can't. Yeah, but you can't. <clears throat> like just go to sleep immediately after a show like that either no you can't especially i don't know if you've been watching it or not but like this last week was up on steroids like that opening Uh, sequence of up (laughs) that that's that's what a lot of people were comparing yeah it's and it was rough and i i felt kind of bad because uh uh when wednesday adams embraces her roommate I teared up a bit. Uh, The very end of Andor, uh, I cried an insane amount. This episode of The Last of Us, nothing. Really? How do you have no soul? I don't know. Like, people die. It's happening all around them in the world that the people die. But this was an episode of, of... of hope in darkness, even though it doesn't seem like hope, but there is something worth living for in this post-apocalyptic world and being the only thing to, Oh my gosh, dude. I was just like, Oh, this is a Nick Offerman, man. Oh man. It was so good. And I, I successfully avoided spoilers for it. So I'm just sitting there watching it. Then all of a sudden I'll go, Nick Offerman, what's going on? Yeah. If I had a quarter for every time Nick Offerman played uh, an isolated, uh, hates the government, doesn't trust them, ready for the apocalypse, uh, who shuts off everybody and can't find love, but then finally eventually realizes that he should open up and, stop his loneliness and find love. Uh, I'd have 50 cents because he basically was parks and rec on steroids in this one as well. What I, I mean, they could take place in the same universe that there's, there could be some connection yeah. there, but it, it's, it's a hell of a typecast, which, you know, it, it kind of is, but it's also so opposite of the comedy role of parks and rec, which I love when comedians get cast opposite, traditional character like that like you think nick offerman you instantly thinking parks and rec and comedy and he 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 you know like all of that some stand-up he's done oh yeah 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 uh but then you get him in this serious dramatic role for just an hour building up emotion building up chemistry with with who he's sharing the screen with oh man it was and then the ending of it, and then we get a little bit of the he 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 as well. <laughs> yeah, which was yeah, so funny. It, it, it wasn't without comic relief. Yeah, because that he 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 moment came out of like I was just like, oh my god, I need tissues. I can't. I'm so. <laughs> this is uh, my heart is just been like like giving the fiance like holding her hand like I love you, and then they, and then we get the he 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 he, and I just started laughing. 
I was like, that was, <laughs> thank you for that moment, Last of Us. I needed that just to break whatever spell you had over me of uh, heartache. <laughs> it was, it was an incredibly well done TV episode. Yeah. If you, if it was its own indie film, it could have been an Oscar nominee. It's, I'm, I'm expecting on that short list of, uh, oh man, I'm forgetting uh, what the television awards are right now. Uh, Emmys. There we go. Um, mm-hmm. I could see, if not Offerman, uh, the other actor. W- one of those two I could see being on the short list of like best supporting or best cameo, something like that. Yeah, like I don't totally know the categories, but I know that he's going to be... De- there, there needs to be some recognition of how great that. That was, was yeah. So let, let 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 me just go to read the tweets about it to see if anyone else recognizes him. And oh no! <laughs> uh, yeah, don't read Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Murray Bartlett. That's uh, okay. There we go. Yeah, uh, who's in the White Lotus, which I've never seen. Yeah. I only watched the second season. <laughs> I know so many people that just watched the second season. And I'm like, I didn't even know that there was a season one until season two. Like, <laughs> I really didn't know that show existed uh, until Jennifer Coolidge and all of that. Um, all right. Nobody came here to listen to us babble about The Last of Us. If you want to, we'll create a Patreon and we'll do like a week by week breakdown of it. Because I am curious if like we could go off. I, I'd be like, have you played the game? Finish the game, John? Like. I haven't played the yeah, game. Yeah, I, I started playing the game during the pandemic because I was like, oh, perfect time. I'm home. And then I, it's a little on the nose. It was, that was kind of why I did it. Uh, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> hey, I've had this game for like two years. Well, it's about a pandemic. I might as well play it while we're home during COVID. I got nothing else to do. But then I got distracted <laughs> and stopped playing it. And here's my segue because I started playing NHL again because we had learned that the bubble was going to happen. And I fell out of the game. So I never finished Last of Us, but I am on like season 2045 now of NHL. And and I bet you have made some very zany trades uh, involving teams in New York. Oh, I have. In said simulations. I have. I have made some magnificent trades that have kept me my job for all of like two decades now in new york uh but that's a video game and in real life there is a new york gm that i think made a very desperate move this past week and i'm talking about lou lamorello and the islanders and i kind of want to take a little bit of a victory lap because i said for a while i could see him going to the islanders now granted that was before they were sitting 10th in the eastern conference lost like six in a row can't score goals, all of that. And they actually thought they were a contender. Uh, But Bo Horvat is now a New York Islander, John. Man, this, this is a move, (laughs) isn't it? It, It's uh, on the one hand, if a player is available like Bo Horvat and you can add him to your team, uh, you know, nine times out of 10, you're going to add him to your team. Uh, but if you're the Islanders right now, it kind of seems like, well, to what end? Though? Yeah. Uh, now, now, the the thing worth pointing out off the top for Bo Horvat uh, is that he is currently in a contract year. He has scored 54 points in 49 games. Uh, th- he is having 
a season high for goals with 31. Uh, so if there was a time, you know, to do that, it would be your contract year. He's shooting 22% right now, which to say the least is uh, unsustainable. So I would not be surprised if he either started to drop off now or next season did not come close to replicating these numbers. Uh, but that's not to say that you don't go out and get a guy like that if he's available. Yeah, I I think, I believe last week I was floating that out there, where, but I was floating it out with the uh, Red Wings, who we'll talk about in a little bit, uh, with the idea that Eiserman would go out and it's not crazy enough to make a move like that as a way to kind of try and take the next step. But that was a team trying to take the next step. The Islanders believe that they are the next step away, that this is a team that can compete. Clearly Lou thinks this is a team that can compete, especially because we haven't even gotten into what Vancouver got back, which, and and then we'll talk a couple things because, because I want to get your thoughts overall, who you think won the trade, this and that, but yeah, uh, Horvat is having a career year, no doubt about it. But the Islanders sent back uh, Anthony uh, Bavillier, Atu Ratty, and a protected first-round selection, which that protected first-round selection is a top-12 protected. So uh, when the Islanders miss the playoffs, because they will miss the playoffs this year, if that pick falls out of the top-12, they will not have picked in the first round for four straight years. Yeah, I I have a little crash course here on Islanders draft history because I wanted to see what moves were being made when for what uh, under Lou hasn't been great. Mm-hmm. I, I'll I'll spoil that right now. Uh, but the the Islanders are a team that currently has Casey Sezikis on Matthew Barzal's wing. Uh, I. D- if that doesn't just immediately spell that this isn't going to be a super competitive team, even if they make the postseason, I don't know a better way to demonstrate it than that. I mean, I get, I do get it though with the Islanders. Like you have world-class goaltending and we all saw have, have seen what happens with world-class goaltending, especially if it gets hot, but you bring up a great point that this is something we talked about back when we did our, 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 our preview of, of the, metropolitan and and made our predictions and i caught some flack for it and i got the text messages as well calling flack out on you i got it more so because they you know it was the oh you're a rangers fan hating but we (laughs) asked the question who was going to score on this team because scoring was going to be an issue so horvat a great addition to try and help the scoring and he probably will because you you, i would imagine you're going to stick him First line center, and then you're going to move Barzell to the wing, which is something that they've t- they've they've played with on the island a few times this year. So I imagine that's going to be the move right away. So yeah, those two are probably you know I I would expect them to have some form of connection and chemistry out there. Which either Horvat's going to pick up more assists and it's going to get Barzell going offensively, or Barzell's going to you know help Horvat increase his goal total, and then when he hits free agency at the end of the year. Or it helps the Islanders in their trade of him at the deadline for a return. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, they have an issue that, like, they're just an old team that can't score goals. And I don't think that trading away the youth 
when you you and I know you haven't gotten to it yet when you are a team that is very desperate for a pipeline right now and you trade away your top prospect in Raddy like what are you doing Lou what are you doing like your team and here's the other thing and, that we and, have, uh, and I'll let you, uh, sorry, I just want to throw this out there really quickly. The <laughs> other thing we haven't even said, I mentioned that they are 10th in the East right now, sitting out of the playoffs. Um, everybody ahead of them has games in hand. Like, Yeah, their their positioning here uh, does not make you feel And what, I think they are only like, I think they're only like a point or two ahead of Vancouver right now in the, in the general standings as well. They're not like, they're not like them and Vancouver are very equal, which is not where you want to be if you're the Islanders. So this move just like, I, I get it. It's a splash move on paper. It's, Oh my God, we got the best player at that's available, but at what cost? And does it really help? And, and if you were going to make a move like this, it would, I think be a lot easier to digest if it happened in the summer rather than when there's 30 games left in the season. Yeah. And and, and Lou was kind of coy about, you know, Oh, hopefully we can re-sign him because he doesn't want to sound like he's been doing anything remotely related to tampering. But realistically, there is no way in hell that you make a trade like this without having some sort of back channel discussions with the player's agent about the possibility of staying there long-term. So, so I think it's a foregone conclusion uh, that he's probably going to sign a deal with the Islanders. Uh, It's just a matter of when Uh, to make room for that. Varlamov is coming off of uh, his deal for $5 million. I also wouldn't be surprised to see Josh Bailey get bought out. Uh, just because the bottom has really fallen out from under him and they'll save themselves a couple million dollars by doing that. Uh, so that should get them, you know, money for Bo Horvat, no problem. But now what I, what, oh, you're what, probably going to ask what I was just going to say. What, what, what gets me is how do you let Lou make a move like this that involves so much of your future and so much of your, you know, cupboard in the last year of his deal? Because yeah. Lou, Lou may not be back after this season, especially if Islanders fans have their way. And this is a, this is a something that could really impact the team for a really long time. And and I'm just I I was surprised to see that they even let him make a deal like this. I mean, I feel like Lou's got. I feel like the Islander front or front office. Uh, that's Lou management. I just get the feeling that there's this trust in Lou. Like the fans are obviously like, what the hell is happening? And this is Lou finally coming through on his promise of the summertime of, we're not going to sign anybody, but we're exploring the trade field. Well, he finally made the trade. It's just, he made the trade at a point in the season with 30 games left that you're like, do you really think Bo Horvat is the piece that was missing this year to get you over two other teams that have games in hand on you. And let's be real. The Sabres are playing outstanding hockey uh, as someone who got to see them live. Uh, yeah. They, they <laughs> like, they, they play a good game. They've been really fun to watch. They, they are a fun team to watch and young and young enough and stupid enough to go, Hey, we have a chance. Um, 
and, you know, and they and they're a point ahead of the Islanders right now with three games in exactly. hand for the Sabres. So by the time so, that that comes to an end, what is that? Seven points they could be up on the Islanders. And yeah, what is Pittsburgh have two games and, in hand? Uh, same number, three, three games. Three games as well, and they're and they're and they're two points. Boom. Ahead. So yeah, the, the 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 biggest parallel that they have is the Capitals, who they who don't have any games in hand on them, but are still three points ahead. Yeah. So by the end of all of this, you could be sitting potentially seven, eight points out of the playoff spot. And you potentially gave up your first round draft pick in a year where, you know, we discussed it. Who's going to be willing to give up their first as a big Lou Lamorello. It ends up being the Islanders. When, uh, uh, you know, and, and I know we haven't gotten to lose portion of, of drafting with the Islanders yet, but this is a team that really, like, I don't remember where they were ranked, but they were not top 15 as far as pipeline goes, as far as prospects goes. Like, truly, this was their top prospect that they included in this trade. And I get that, you know, Islander bow, former Islander bow, wasn't having the best of seasons, but he's kind of like I, I don't want to say he's a top nine guy you know he's a third line winger and that's that's, that's yeah and that's the production you were getting out of him you know but he, he's also somebody that I thought that I felt for the Islanders sake was a good fit for them under cat on under contract under a very team-friendly control for the type of player he was. But, I mean, this is also a guy, though, that's been available for a very long time, even before, you know, he's he's kind of seems like a name that's always on the market. Um, But, yeah, I mean, like, and this is, this is exactly what Vancouver said that they were hoping to get back as well in a trade, right? They said that they wanted young NHL players that, you know, might not have panned out with the team that they were with, which is what's been happening with Anthony on the island. They want NHL-ready prospects as well. Well, they got it in potentially what could be a good third-line center, but has the upside of what Bo Horvat had when he came up with the Canucks. And they got a first-round draft pick out of it. Well, well and the, the thing to keep in mind is that it's a protected draft pick. Yeah. If it ends up being in the top 12 this year, uh, then it becomes next year's first. Uh, now, the thing to consider for that is uh, draft-wise, the Islanders are currently ranked 13th. Uh, so if we were doing the draft lottery today, they would have a 2% chance of winning uh, first overall. Uh, or, excuse me, of winning the lottery in general. You can only move up so many spots if you win it. So they would not have a shot at first overall. Uh, but it's, it's something, because like the other stuff that you think about uh, for – their pipeline is uh, Corey Prongman ranked them 27th out of 32 uh, in the off season here. Corey Prongman being the big uh, prospect guy for the athletic and uh, the probably their best prospect right now is Noah Dobson, who is a pretty solid defenseman. Uh, when you start to look at some of their younger players after that, this really starts to unravel. Uh, we mentioned Anthony or uh, Beauvillier there was playing on the top line with Anthony Barzal. Uh, outside of that, Atu Ratty was centering the fourth line. Uh, so I just, I think for him, that was more a 
being a victim of circumstance that you're behind, you know, Barzal Nelson and Pajot. So, you know, you're probably not going to get the easiest path to move up the ranks there. Um, but yeah, outside of that, Oliver Wallstrom really has not developed to the way that they wanted him to. Uh, he's injured right now. Uh, it, it might be easy if I just kind of, I, I did a deep dive here in my notes about what Lou Lamorello has done as GM when it comes to the draft. Uh, it hasn't been great. Do you want me to kind of dive into oh, that? Oh yeah, please. Okay. So Lou takes over as GM in the year of our Lord, 2018. Uh, the Islanders have the 11th and 12th overall pick. Uh, not really because of anything Lou did. Uh, I imagine most of the groundwork was laid there, but you got to give him credit for pulling the trigger, I guess. Uh, he uh, picks Oliver Wallstrom 11th and Noah Dobson 12th. They're, they have combined for 369 NHL games. Uh, hard to argue that those, you know, weren't solid choices. In 2019, uh, Barry Trotz comes on board. Uh, they lose in the second round. They keep their first overall pick. Uh, they draft Simon Holstrom, 23rd overall. He has played 24 games to date. Uh, could be something uh, for 23rd overall. I'm you know, not really willing to put him to the grindstone for something like that. Uh, 2020, they make it to the conference finals uh, before bowing out. Uh, they don't pick until the 90th overall pick that year in the draft uh, for a player whose name I can't pronounce, frankly. Uh, they moved their first and their second to Ottawa for Jean-Gabriel Pajot, uh, who's a really solid option if you're using him as your third-line center. Uh, it feels like a first is kind of steep for that, but, yeah. you know, you work with the market that you have. Uh, Ottawa used the pick to draft Ridley Grieg. Uh, jury's still kind of out on him, but the fact that you you and I probably hadn't heard of him before this kind of says a lot. 2021, they lose in the conference finals again. They don't pick until the 52nd overall pick, Atu Raddy. He has played 12 games for them so far. Uh, who He is now going to be in Vancouver. Uh, that year, their first uh, round pick goes to New Jersey for Kyle Palmieri and Travis Zajac. <laughs> yep. I mean, Kyle Palmieri, former Norfolk Admiral. I understand why you make that. Move. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but uh, New Jersey drafts Chase Stillman, who's a forward who's still in the OHL. So the jury's still out on him. Uh, in 2022, you fire Barry Trotz. You don't make the playoffs. Uh, you are picking 65th overall as your first pick with uh, Callie Odalis. Uh, I think jury's still out on him since he did just get drafted. That year, their first uh, went to Montreal for Alexander Romanoff. Yep. Uh, you know, middle pairing defenseman. Again, first round pick, very steep choice for that, uh, especially considering they did not even make the playoffs. Uh, Montreal packaged that to Chicago as part of a package for Kirby Doc. Yep. Uh, and so, a great pickup for them. Yeah. So it's, as you mentioned, you know, you're getting ready to have your potentially your fourth year without a first round pick. Uh, there's no way that the prospects don't suffer from this. Uh, it makes you wonder, you know, are, are they, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, 
president's trophy contenders each year, then yeah, go without your first overall pick for four years. You have the pieces you need to win, go out and win now. But the Islanders don't have that. And, and at a certain point, you look at some of their you know players, a decent amount of them are on the wrong side of 30. So when you're, you know, keeping the band together to make one last run with Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, that makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, if you're trying to make one last run with Casey Sezekis and Matt Martin, that I have a harder time understanding. Yeah, uh, this is uh, the Casey Sezekis contract uh, threw me for a loop when I was checking cat friendly because his age, the amount of years on that, you know, he's going to have four years left after this because, all right, like we talked all of that, but, but let's get into, you know, the idea of Bo's contract and what that will look like, because since we're on the cap friendly and we're looking at this, you know, great. The, you know, Lou finds a way to re-sign Horvat, keeps his job, gives him a chance, even though they end up missing the playoffs or whatever. Um, you figure this is going to be an eight-year deal for a guy that's going to be turning 28 and at a minimum $8 million a year. Mm-hmm. I, I I would say potentially he can get – see, because this is where it gets difficult for the Islanders as well, mm-hmm. is that uh, Bo Horvat just got a boatload of leverage in any sort of salary negotiation because are you really going to give up that much for him and not re-sign him? So to me, if I'm Bo Horvat, I think a realistic number for him is probably 9 million. Uh, I don't know that he's actually worth 9 million, but given the current situation, I could see that happening. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, I've, I've, I put 8 million at the, at the minimum, like that's him taking the, yeah. Oh yeah, let's get the deal done, you know, and kind of the the thumb to the Canuck set. I mean, he did say it three times in that presser, thought I'd be a Canuck for life. I thought I'd be a Canuck for life. Now, I'm not trying to make that a conspiracy theory of like, oh, he's gonna backdoor his way back into Vancouver. Like, seriously, That'd the, be awesome. it would be pretty cool. It would be the most WWE heel move ever. Um <laughs> I came back, baby. But, you know, Vancouver can't even afford it. They made that pretty clear with the JT Miller signing. And then, um, oh, gosh, who was it that they re-signed earlier in the week? Um, uh, they get, they handed oh, out God. the two-year deal. One of the wiggers where, at that point, it became very clear you can't afford Bo anymore. Yeah, they, they gave him what Bo Horvat was making. Yeah, 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 exactly. And it's like, okay, well, now you just... It- and I feel like an idiot because I specifically looked this player up before we started recording. And it so did I. Andre Kuzmenko. There we go. Thank Andre you. Kuzmenko. I was like, now that uh, I'm looking he, at my phone, I can't pull up notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he uh, he get, uh, got a two year, five and a half million dollar yeah. deal. Uh, not nearly as well known in the NHL, but had a very decent KHL career uh, leading up to this. So uh, it. That sound seems about right for him, uh, but you know I'm sure he's hyped to uh, play opposite JT Miller for that contract. Yeah. Oh, and uh, forgot to uh, mention this as well. Uh, yeah, another reason why this matters: uh, the Bow contract uh, next year. You know, looking at potential unrestricted free agents, uh, Ilya Sorokin. 
year after next year. Yeah, next year UFA. he will be he will be on the final deal of his very friendly four million dollar contract before becoming a UFA. Um, that becomes the question of: Do you hand a twenty eight year old goalie? Who the carry price exactly where you're going to have to lock him in long term. Uh, And if you do, guess what? That's going to be another $8 million right there on a long term. Like I just, that's the thing is I'm trying to wrap my head around how they make this work long term and this team competes and I don't see it. I, I think they, they might be okay with Ilya Sororkin because right when he, his deal is up, uh, Matt Martin and Cal Clutterbuck are both up too. So I think you could roll those in uh, together combined with the cap probably going up uh, next year. I think they'll be okay there. The one way I see this potentially working out is rather than kind of doing what you mentioned and slotting, uh, slotting Bo Horvat into Nathan Bovillier's spot on Barzal's wing or, you know, swapping the two of them. I put Barzal on the second line. I let Bo Horvat handle the top competition, and that frees up Barzal a lot to potentially uh, have a lot more offense. And if he's playing with, you know, I don't know who you put him with at that point, Anders Lee probably. Uh, I think that has a lot more potential there by having that spread out over a couple of lines and then kind of similar to what the Blackhawks did with Kane and Taves. If you are, you know, down a goal or two late in a period, you can put them both on the same line then or on the power play or something like that. Um, But again, the, the, what we keep coming back to is, yeah. And you're going to do that to try to get over, you know, this many teams ahead of you. And, And it's just, I don't know. It's it's hard to imagine it working out. Yeah. Uh, what what one place mentioned that I thought sounded really smart in theory is if the bottom really drops out from the Islanders in the next month, yeah, you can just flip Bo Horvat again. Yeah, I was going to bring that up as well. Uh, if you're Lou, do you want to make that extension right now? Uh, do you want to do the, oh, look, the new shiny guy? Like, because when they when they traded for Paju, they had that contract announced instantly. It was yeah. trade done, gave up the first, oh, he's re-signed, and we all were still processing the, is he really worth a first? Uh, oh, all right, well, he's, okay, he's locked in now, so all right, I guess it was worth it because you're committing to him as, you know, I, th- I believe at the time yeah, he, was their, he was their second line center at the time. So. Yeah. And, it, and they always say that sort of thing that for, you know, deals like that, it's not the Matthew bars, all $9 million cap hit. That's going to kill you. It's yeah. good. It's the $5 million for a third line center that ends up. Exactly. You. That's the, you know, your, your, your bottom, your bottom six is where you can get yourself in trouble. Uh, even on defense as well, you can get yourself on trouble with some of those, uh, some of those guys. So yeah, uh, I don't know. I feel like we. Is there anything else you got on this? Anything else you want to bring up? Uh, the only thing I would point out is looking at the Islanders' schedule uh, could tell us a lot about why this trade was made. Now is that their their next five opponents are. Philadelphia, Seattle, Vancouver, Montreal, and Ottawa. Uh, all very winnable win. games. Yeah. 
So I think they are hoping that, you know, they've already won two games in a row here lately. So I'm thinking they're hoping that if they go on a bit of a run here, it makes them, you know, potentially, uh, you know, getting into that last spot there. Uh, so then they could get stomped by the Bruins in the first round. Yeah, that's the other thing, too. They're playing like if they get in, they get in as the eight seed. You're yeah. real like that team in a series against the Bruins has no chance. Or the Hurricanes, either or. I'm I'll give them credit to get to the first wild card spot instead of the second. Yeah, it, it's I don't know. I mean, and, it, it, oh, okay. and if you sign if you sign him long term, that could work out really well. Uh but man, you gotta wonder about the rest of the team around. Yeah. Oh, and uh, taking a peek at the Sabers schedule, the team with three games in hand. Uh, if if we were saying those first three games back would be the three in hand. Uh, oh wow! Oh wow! Uh, Hurricanes, Flames, Sabers, or I'm Kings, Sabers, Kings. And that's when they begin. And when they Oof. take on the Kings, they begin a road trip. That's why I read that wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, so oh, those are their yeah, first that... three back. Then they have the Ducks, the Sharks. Then they get the Leafs, the Lightning. Yeah, it becomes a li- it's it's a little tougher for them right out of the 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 gate. Uh, but really quickly, what's the Penguins' schedule look like? Because they're the other ones that have three in hand and are already up to. Uh, they get the Avalanche, the Ducks, the Kings. Those are their first three back. Okay, so and uh, honestly, you know, Ducks... I would say that two of those three are probably winnable and that's that's the avalanche one and the ducks one yeah the the let's be real about the avalanche struggling a little a little this year there's there's been a lot of injuries piled up and i feel like they have reached that certain maturity as a team that you kind of see uh with someone like the tampa bay lightning where they're well, where they'll they'll say to each other, "All right, as long as we just get in, we'll be fine." You know, we 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 can we can put the rest of it together there just as long as we get in. Yeah, but they they got to be careful because they might not even get in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're they're tied with the Flames in points right now. They have two games in hand, so that's why they have the last wild card spot right now. Uh, but I I don't. I don't know. I, I'm believing in them until I'm given a good reason not to, and I feel like I haven't gotten a good reason not to. Uh, I feel like they were probably in on Horvat. Uh, I think the other teams I read that were potentially in on them was Boston, Detroit, and Vegas. Uh, so it, you could see them uh, making a move to shore up their uh, center death a little there, because I think that in addition to all of those injuries, They've really missed Nassim Khan. Yeah, that's 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 played out. Uh, I, I think we all knew that would that would impact them, but it's played out a lot worse than I anticipated. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of adding depth players on the move, uh, I got a question for you. After this move with Boo Bo, Boo <laughs> Boo uh, Bo Horvat, I started to think there is another player out there similar to him that might not be having the same type of breakout season, one of his best seasons, but is still a player that many teams would covet for a playoff push, who is as well on a last year of his deal. And that is one Dylan Larkin, who has not been locked up yet by your wings and 
wizard Steve Eiserman, general manager. So I got to know, how do you feel? Do you think Dylan Larkin stays in Detroit? Or do you think that after this move, if Eiserman can't get the deal done, he's he's looking at that return and thinking, I can definitely get a first this year in and in an NHL-ready player? Yeah, I... Because one, Eiserman also it, does not get ripped off on deals. Yeah, and, and he has... The parallel that they keep drawing is to Steven Stamkos and to where uh, Steven Stamkos went into free agency, met with a bunch of other teams, and still ended up signing with the Lightning again. Uh, so Iserman kind of has some big brass ones when it comes to uh, that part of negotiations. He's not afraid to do something like that. Uh, the difference is and this is where I think it's unfair to make that comparison, is that the Lightning without Steven Samko still had Kucherov, Hedman, Vasilevsky, Point, and so on and so on. Uh, the Red Wings without Dylan Larkin is a Chicago-caliber team right now. So it's really difficult to see them actually going that route of not signing him. Uh, it there was a rumor going around that Larkin wants a eight by nine mm -hmm. uh, for his deal to which, yeah, I definitely not a $9 million player by any means, uh, but potentially worth $9 million to the Red Wings and their, uh, you know, endless amount of cap space that they seem to carry each year. <laughs> so if he, if, if they can't move him, I I worry about the return being on the Bo Horvat level because the other person that's out there that's or re that's really good if you're looking to load up for a playoff run right now is Ryan O'Reilly, and as good as Dylan Larkin is, Ryan O'Reilly has a Conn Smythe Trophy to his name. So if you're kind of weighing between the two, I think you lean towards Ryan O'Reilly for that which makes, you know, Larkin the consolation prize of, you know, let's go out and get him so we're not trading for Jonathan Taves. Okay, that's like the third time you've brought up Jonathan Taves today. It, bring <laughs> Before I go, what what is this obsession? Why do you think Taves is going to be moved? I, I've been thinking about Jonathan Taves all week, which is not a sentence I ever expected <laughs> to say out loud in my lifetime. Uh, it's because you put the Star Wars sheets on the bed that's why <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah he is i don't know i'm fascinated with it because he's not having the best year i think he's you know his name is more what's having him keep coming up in trade rumors more than what he would actually be able to deliver he's making 10 and a half million this year so you may have to you know launder him through another team to even make that deal work somewhere but we also don't really know what's important to jonathan taves at this point is it i've had my three stanley cups that you know i'm good to go i just want to help out the blackhawks however much i can does it matter to him that his you know career page only has the blackhawks on it as a uh as an nhl as his only nhl team if you're looking at stats there does he want to go to Winnipeg where they, I mean, they named a lake after the guy. They're pretty serious about him back home there. Like it's, I don't, 
I could see a team missing out on Ryan O'Reilly and get in trading for Jonathan Taves as the consolation prize, uh, provided Jonathan Taves waves his no move clause. So he's going to have to want to go there. And then at the end of it, you know, our, what 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 kind of return can you really expect for him at this point? Do you do you really want to be able to say that you moved quite possibly the most important player in franchise history for a fourth round pick? And that's why I weirdly think that they're not going to end up being moved. Uh, or if they are, it's some it's going to be a team overpaying, uh, and and for better or for worse, like it could be the Bruins overpaying on that because they realize that they are, you know, that close to winning the Stanley Cup right now. And they, you know, do that more, do the Lou Lamorello thing that makes sense for them, which is mortgage a little bit of the future for the right now moment, because we've got the, you know, we're getting goaltending out of this world, goaltending right now. We're getting, I mean, the last couple of times I watched them, I know that they've, when they face some competition, they've, they've fallen. Uh, I know they lost to the hurricanes the other night. Uh, it, it's so hard to wrap my head around games these days because there've been so little since so many teams are on like a four week break for the all-star game. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, what? I think we only have like three games tonight and those are the final ones before the, I, well, yeah, it's all so dumb. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it's so dumb to me. It's, 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 it's glass onion. It's so dumb. It's genius. No, it's just dumb. It's like, it really is. It makes no sense to me. Um, but, uh, now I lost my train of thought cause I got mad about that. Um, so yeah, take it over. I, I honestly, I got, I got myself sidetracked there. I lost my train of thought. Yeah. So, so the reason, so I, I, as you look through some of the team, you know, Boston, there we go. Carolina, <laughs> Dallas, uh, a lot of them seem to have their center depth fairly yeah. well shored up. Uh, you know, I could see Dallas potentially wanting another second line center, but at the same time, uh, you know, Jamie Ben is having a renaissance of a year playing on that second line. And in a certain point, if it's not broken, you know, you, you may do well to not touch that. If, if Jonathan Taves is going to be your second line guy, you want him playing with some younger players yeah. And that's where Colorado stands out a lot to me. Because as much as we love University of Michigan product, JT Comfer, uh, you know, Taves is potentially a uh, an upgrade there. And even if he's not, and you put him on the third line playing with Andrew Cogliano, you know, you could do a lot worse than that, too. Yeah, I mean, I it, the, the Chicago thing really throws me for a loop. Uh, the Patrick Kane, the, the Taves one, I feel like Taves is now going to become the bigger target over Kane because let's be real. Like the guy clearly at this point, like he needs hip surgery, right? He, he clearly needs something. I don't know if it's his hips specifically, uh, but uh, the, but the Rangers have been the, you know, rumored destination for him all season and, and you know that that's still kind of the talk among the fan base there, right? uh, well actually the ranger fan base is is does not want him uh well i mean i'd say it's still pretty split but i have seen a lot of it's not worth it because of the season he's had because they're very aware like he has just not looked like himself and they're tired of the simple well he's friends he's bffs with panarin so putting them back together is 
will, will help both. Like, eh, no, I don't think so. And the latest rumor, I know I saw John Scott make the claim that it, it, the, any trade for him would have to involve either Kako or Lafreniere, as well as a first round pick and some other prospects. No, right there, I'm I'm not I'm not moving Lafreniere and Kako. And uh, you know the main reason if I'm the Rangers, I'm not moving them is you're under cap hell to begin with next year. Whatever player you bring in this year, you got to expect you're not re-signing that player because you got to figure out a way to try and re-sign Philip Edel. And many of many people... And Kratzoff. <laughs> uh, well, he's restricted. And Keandre Miller. Uh, Miller was the big one. Yeah, Miller's the one. That, yeah. yeah, so you got to get Edel and Miller under contract because, and guess what? both of them are key cores to that Ranger team and, and their future and, and their success. And you've seen it, you know, the kid lines back together again. So Lafreniere is looking as good as he ever has. Kako has been looking really good. I, I mean, I sent you that video of the goal he created and, mm-hmm. and I let you know, like he's played more games like that this year than his numbers would indicate. So when people constantly look at the numbers, that's why I'm like, wait, you're, but I'm watching games and where he's playing on the first line and he's, he's right there step-by-step step with Zibetajad and those guys. And then when he, like his confidence hasn't been shaken when he's been bumped around and he's been bumped around a lot where in the past, his confidence would be shaken where he'd get to play first line for two games. And then he's on the fourth line and it's like, what? And he'd go invisible. He's still recognized. So in no way do I want to give up restricted guys under team control when you're going to, when, when you, don't even know if you're going to be able to re-sign your unrestricted free agents at the end of this season. That like the kids, the guys that are supposed to be your core. So let me throw this at you. Team that is going on, on a bit of a run looking kind of good uh, has, you know, the prospects that they can move for it. Uh, I don't know how good of a deal this is, but they uh, Buffalo Sabres have three second round picks Mm -hmm. and they have their first. If you take like their first and Matthew Savoy for Patrick Kane, you've done pretty well. Uh, You could probably just take two seconds for him and a prospect and be in good shape. Do they get the hometown guy? Let's load up clear. We've got lightning in a bottle. We are going for it sort of thing i i don't know if it's came but i expect the sabers to be very very active and that's the other thing too like the island like uh, to circle it back to the islanders for a second and lou making this move like great there all the other teams that are in front of you are about to make moves as well like that that <laughs> is going to be the real interesting part is, is there a ripple effect that says, well, the Islanders made this move and we have to stay ahead of them. So we're going to go out and get X, Y, and Z. Uh, I was thinking that, I don't know if it's going to be that level of ripple effect. Like, I don't know if like all of a sudden Kane and Taves are going to be gone. Like, it's like, Oh my gosh. Now, like the other two big ones or Ryan O'Reilly gets moved or something like that. And like St. Louis is willing to move some of their guys, even though they're in a, a, you know, they're still in it, but you know, they did say that everybody is open to discussion there. So, you know, like, I don't know if that happens. I could see potentially like, I've seen a rumor of 
the Rangers' interest in Tyler Mott again. So I could see like those players, like that. We yeah. got our four. We like we're 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 trying to shore up our bottom six. We're trying to shore up this weak spot. And then when the deadline comes and teams have some more cap space as well, uh, making those big moves like uh, like ah. Uh, Maybe Kane and Taves go like a few days before the deadline, but it definitely gets to the week of. I don't think anybody really big goes anytime soon. Probably not, and especially with the All Star break looming, you want to kind of let everyone take a breath before making. Yeah, a move we there. we don't want to screw up the All Star game even more by trading guys that are representing their teams. Yeah, that would be a very unusual. <laughs> Yeah, because like, how are like, cause the, the, how are they going to handle that? Like, what's going to happen now? I, I, I think they're just going to leave it because the the NHL's biggest thing is they don't want to give any particular market a reason not to watch the All Star yeah. game. So, so to say, so they that's the probably the biggest reason they try to take a player from every single team. Uh, you know, with Boo Horvat being moved, I think they just kind of look at Vancouver and go, well. We try. Hey, how about uh, JT and, Miller? And Vancouver fans, tune into the All Star game and watch the guy that's the reason your captain got traded to the Islanders. <laughs> and, and, and there's a there's a decent uh, chance that he's going. The you know a Vancouver fan would tune in to watch uh, to to watch Bo Horvat play. Uh, since he seemed to go out there on pretty good terms. Yeah, yeah. And again, uh, now, three times in his presser, he thought he wished he thought he'd be a Canuck for life. Yeah. Now the, one of the other reasons that they said uh, he's going to be perfect for this team is, you know, uh, the two big Lou Lamorello things is you have to be clean shaven and you have to wear a low number. Uh, you know, Bo Horvat doesn't have to shave and the, he's going to keep wearing the number 14 over there so works out all right good for him um all right let's let's move on to some other things uh some other news uh, notes uh let's let's get into the kind of sucks because i feel like the back half of this is a little more um a little heavier uh because the first thing we're going to talk about is not all of it's heavy that's true uh but we're going to talk bobby hull (laughs) (laughs) speaking um all right, let's let's get into it. Bobby Hull passed away. Uh, I I don't know how much time you want to spend on this, but here's what I'll say. There's a good story on the Athletic that I think raises great questions, brings up great points. Bobby Hull as an NHL player definitely changed the game. He phenomenal phenomenal player as well. He was game changing, literally game changing in the sense of the way players even get paid today and the fact that they can make money and negotiate. Like, that's how game started in the start in the WHA uh, with the Winnipeg Mm -hmm. Jets, got the nickname Golden Jet, and had some very serious negotiations in coming over from the WHA to the NHL, uh, where he joined the Blackhawks and and really, as you mentioned, uh, cleared the way. Uh, for a lot of salary negotiations. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you want to know more stuff about uh, it? Well, hold on, hold on. We'll get to all of that in a second. Because <laughs> I just wanted to precede it all with the... As a hockey player, only looking at the ice, 
that's a hell of an achievement. Now let's learn a little more about him, John. Well, uh, Bobby Hall was known for a lot of things post-career. Uh, in 1986, he was arrested and charged with assault and battery uh, for on his third wife, Deborah, uh, which makes you wonder about the other two in a fair amount there. Uh, she declined to drop charges, but the fact that he was arrested and charged goes a really long way towards saying what was actually happening there. Uh, in 1998, he had a interview uh, with the Moscow Times in which he said, said, quote, Hitler had some good ideas. He just went a little too far. Uh, he, In the same interview, he also mentioned that the black population of the U.S. is growing too fast and had some ringing endorsements for eugenics. Uh, given all this, he still has a statue outside the United Center uh, for the Blackhawks. Uh, he was a team ambassador for the Blackhawks up until last season. Uh, excuse me, season... No, last season. Yeah, that's when the, the 21-22 season. Uh, and the, a player that the TSN Twitter said, uh, incredible player and personality for the game of hockey. And reading the replies to that gave me a good chuckle. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. as far as human beings go, uh, he was a pretty genuinely awful person. And I feel like we sh should stop whitewashing a lot of things that we say about people just because they pass away. Uh, I thought he was a garbage human being while he was still alive. So I don't think that should change. And I think it's not unfair to kind of, when you're mentioning somebody's legacy to mention that he said Hitler had good ideas. Uh, so it's I, I I don't like the idea that a lot of people want to talk about the hockey side of it and only the hockey side of it and talking about anything else in his life is disrespectful. Uh, I agree like about 95% of it. Really, my biggest disagreement is I, 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 I do abide by don't talk ill of the dead. Uh but of course, there are certain exceptions to that. You know, I'm going to talk ill of. Like Hitler? You, you read my mind. You <laughs> this is why we do the show. You're in my mind, buddy. Um, yeah. So just you nailed it. Hitler, terrible guy. But, you know, Bobby Hell said he was great. I love Bobby Hell. Uh, I don't know why Trump's here now. But, you know, but that's like. <laughs> But you're right. Like, I, I'm not going to sit here and be like, well, but Hitler, like, no, that's so I can't do that with Bobby Hull. And, and you're right. Like, I will acknowledge great hockey player, but there is nothing wrong with following that up with. But just for context, as a human being, he really like he was horrible. He was a bad person. And, you know, I, I get that his statue is probably never going to come down in Chicago. But again, Again, like I just hope that people in Chicago will be like, yeah, he was great hockey player, changed the game, helped change the game, but also he's a guy that praised Hitler. Like this is the type of person he is. He's he's a guy that got arrested for beating his wife to to the point where she thought she was going to die. That's to quote her. That's not me just making that up. That's to quote her. Like, yep. So uh, honestly, I do think a big takeaway here is. Just be a good person in life, and then there won't be a reason to talk ill of you. And yeah. you know, like, yeah, that's that's kind of it. Like, I I really don't want to like, uh, you know, we don't need to spend a lot of time on it. It's it is what it is. Like, you know, 
Great hockey player and, died, and maybe, bad human being died. And, and maybe it's bold of us to take a stance like this on Hitler and Hitler adjacent <laughs> things. Uh, but you know, in I, this I day and age, honestly, we we like we the really more are I learn about this man. Hitler, the more I just don't like. Yeah, it. yeah, it's it's crazy, you know. Uh, what, oh my gosh! So yeah, all right. Uh, but I do want to ask really quickly: What do you do if you're Chicago in this situation? Because if you don't honor him at your first home game after this All Star break there's going to be a portion of the crowd pissed at you. If you do honor him, there's going to be another portion of the crowd. That's like us. That's like, dude, what the, like you're acknowledging somebody, but, but what really makes this, I think a bubbling point, And it was brought up in that athletic article is the Blackhawks are an organization where we're already kind of watching them because of, well, the sexual assault that they covered up. So like, this doesn't like it seems like this is a lose lose for Chicago here. Yeah, and at a certain point uh if you're Chicago, you'd have to kind of say, well, you know, what 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 are they going to do? Dislike us more? You know, no one is going to stop, you know, watching games or paying money to go to games because uh Bobby Hull gets a moment of silence before a game. Uh if you know, he hadn't been an ambassador for the team or a team employee in the last decade. Uh, if he didn't have a statue outside of the arena, I could see them just kind of, you know, quietly skipping over it. Uh, but, you know, re- realistically, if he's out there for all that sort of stuff, you kind of have to mention him. Yeah. You, you maybe, you know, don't need to go on about what a terrific human being he was or things like that, but you can say, oh, played this many games, had this many points, this, you know, Stanley Cups. Yeah, holds uh, this record. a moment of silence. Yeah, I, I I think that would be pretty appropriate. Yeah. And I, I, I don't think it's worth getting worked up over the idea of them potentially calling attention to the fact that he passed away. Yeah. Um, all right, moving on from that, I'm actually going to switch it up here because I think it, it's... I think it fits better together. Uh, the New York Rangers, uh, speaking of botching things and screwing things up, uh, following what we had just talked about last week, uh, and we were about a, you know, a little bit behind on it, the Ivan Provorach stuff, um, the New York Rangers ha- held their pride night, and Vincent Mercagliano uh, over on Twitter for L.O. HUD he wrote up a good article about it, but pretty much the Rangers promised uh, and sold their tickets and promoted the fact that they had a pride night celebration at coming up at Madison square garden. And the promotion read like this in advance to the event, the Rangers will be showing their support by donning pride themed warm-up jerseys and tape in solidarity with those who continue to advocate for inclusivity. Then the promo concluded with buy your tickets today uh, Rangers took the ice on that Friday night, pride night, everything pride wise was up around the arena. They had the pride flags, all that stuff, like the Ranger, you know, like the, the team flag with the pride colors, all that stuff. Uh, Rangers hit the ice in their reverse retro Liberty jerseys, no tape. And the Rangers organization, their response, nothing, <laughs> nothing. 
Just nothing. Just nothing. A, a bare acknowledgement of it. Uh, just this kind of like, in a way, they kind of like gaslit. Because they were like, we, we, we held our pride night. We did our thing, this and that. And it was very, and we donated money to charities that support the LGBTQ plus community. But the thing is, is that in the past, the New York Rangers have done this. And they have worn the jerseys pregame and then have put them up for auction after the game. And those pride jerseys have sold and then they've donated to organizations in the community. And they've done this for many, many years, but decided not to this year for no reason and still have not really explained it uh, to where, oh gosh, um, the organization they were working with in New York uh, was a little peeved at them. You can play, put out a statement about it as well. So uh, yeah, following the issue of I'm not I'm not warming up. We now have the Rangers saying they're going to warm up in these jerseys and the not. And when I go to Google it, just to kind of see what you know potential opinions are out there for uh, for it, uh, the Daily Mail from uh, the UK has a big story on it, which is just the kind of publication and headline uh, you want to end up in. Uh, but yeah, it's, I feel like if you make a decision like that, you should, uh, probably keep people in the loop. And if, uh, fans feel like there's a little bit of a bait and switch here, uh, they have a right to feel that way, I think. Yeah. Oh, here's the Rangers statement, by the way, on not wearing pride theme warm-up jerseys. Our organization respects the LGBTQ plus community, and we are proud to bring attention to important local community organizations as part of another great pride night in keeping with our organization's core values. We support everyone's individual right to respectfully express their beliefs. Again, no acknowledgement about what they did, <laughs> which just it blows my mind and I don't know. It's you, you nailed it. Like they promoted it. They said they were going to do it. I don't understand why they didn't do it. And, and now they've just created another stupid issue. I, and I don't, and, 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 and when I say stupid issue, that is not like, that is not me belittling the, the situation because it is a big issue, but it's stupid in the sense of... But it's dumb that we that we spend so much time talking about whether or not a team wore, uh, you know, rainbow-colored jerseys exactly. for a half hour. Like, that's the thing. That's why it's dumb. You're right. That's why it's dumb is because it's like, it's... Like, you can't put on the jersey to just say, hi, we see you, we recognize you, and you're welcome to come watch a hockey game, to be a part of this community, to come play hockey as well, to pick up, pick up some skates, go play in your, your adult league somewhere. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's exhausting. And so, so what you saw happen with the flyers was obviously Ivan Provorov was very, you know, isolated and for lack of a better term called out uh, for this sort of thing and got a lot of heat for it. And because the Rangers have not come out and made a statement about it, people like us are going to speculate, yeah. uh, not necessarily us, but people like us, uh, that, uh, oh, we can you know, speculate. there's a player. You wanna, yeah, you're, you're going to speculate the way I want to speculate, baby. 
Let's start going through the roster, yeah. see who it which, was. Which, was it Panarin? Yeah. Was it Lafreniere? No. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's it was fairly... Sammy Blaze. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's realistic to believe that there was probably a player on the team that said, well, we're not going to, you know, I don't want to do this. Uh, similar to what we saw for Ivan Provorov. And rather than have that, you know, player get called out like that, uh, they just decided that they were going to forego the thing, whole thing altogether. Yeah. Uh, now, if again, that's just speculation. Out, that's just a random, like, because the Rangers as an organization have yet to actually state what happened. Like, it just leaves everybody to ask those questions of, well, what was it? One of the Russian players? Like, did somebody see what, what happened in Philly and go, Oh, we can do that. Like, yeah. Which is, which is just the healthiest thing, right? That if we, you know, in the protection of a marginalized group, we create another marginalized group that that's just, you know, hundred percent right it's, way to do it. It sounds like the South Park episode, the 99% versus the 1% that turns into the yeah. 65%. That's the 13%. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> which great South Park. It, yeah. And to, again, as you said, the whole, you know, the, it's dumb that, that someone clearly can't be bothered just to, you know, create something that can be sold for charity purposes uh, you know, for 30 minutes of a warm up, which probably isn't all that important to players individually anyway. Uh, now, if you said for Pride Night, we are going to go out on the ice during warm ups and commit homosexual acts, I can see why someone would have a problem going through with doing that. Uh, but realistically, sitting there just to, you know, we're going to wear this jersey, it's going to get sold off, you'll never have to see it again, sort of thing. Uh, just. I don't know, man. Yeah, it it's very it's confusing to me. It really is. Uh, and 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 I don't, you know, I just don't want to have the conversation again like we did last week. I get it. it. Like if it did come down to players not wanting to in the locker room wear the jerseys, and then the organization as a whole just said, "All right," instead of singling out the one or two players, everybody just scrap it. It's it's just like I don't know. It's like then don't commit to these things if you're not going to commit to it. Like that's yeah, the other and, thing that's very frustrating about it because like I I don't know. I just don't I don't want to preach about it. I don't want to get into like all of that craziness, but if if you don't want to do it or you have players that don't want to do it then fine, don't don't do it. Just don't do it or don't advertise Yeah, don't that. don't and just do like a, Hey, it's pride night. And we're going to be giving out, you know, this, or we're going to do this, or we're going to do that. Like, and, and, and I think everyone was generally happy with everything else that happened for pride. Yeah. Night. Everything and, else went and, off and, without a hitch, but it's just very noticeable when one of the things you're promoting and, and using as the cell to come to the game is this thing you do every year that then you, auction off for charity and, that's, and it's not to say that they i don't even know if they were committed to auctioning it this year but it had become the thing that i'm just assuming that would have happened like that was the promotion that was that was the sell like oh god it's ah. and, and and it's easy to envision a scenario where uh you know a reason arose for them not being able to do it uh but you know well before because those ads are probably prepared in the off season yeah. you know th those are set in place well ahead of time so i can't totally rake them over the coals for advertising it but not following through with it 
Uh, although when those ads are placed ahead of time, you usually have the ability to change them as needed. Uh, and uh, realistically, I think the Rangers owe it to us to at least lie to us about the reason it didn't happen. Make up some BS about a, you know, the shipment uh, didn't come. Yeah, issue. yeah, exactly. Or, you know, s- s- do something uh, instead it, it of It was just... the Pink Floyd 50th anniversary rainbow uh, that people got mad about. Uh, and not the actual LG <laughs> yeah, there you go. flag, like you know something, something like that. Just, you're right. Just lie. Say something. Like saying nothing is what's making it worse. Yeah, definitely. Um, but with any luck, we won't have to discuss this next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, hey, do they have a pride thing set up at the All Star Game? Because um, <laughs> if they do, I guarantee well, and- we'll be having this conversation again. Well, the All-Star game may involve women again. So oh, so we're going to have we'll, a whole we'll, other conversation next week. Yeah, we yeah we can pivot to that next week. Can't for wait sure. for that one again. Uh, That's what we in the business call a hug. <laughs> um, all right, I'm going to switch it up again on you because uh, speaking of screwing things up, lip readers on the internet screwed some things up and Trevor Zegris uh, apparently said some things about Troy Stetcher's father. Uh, during their dust up the other night, uh, I want to say this was Saturday night. Uh, Zegers and Stetcher got into a big like Zegers clearly said something. Stetcher's goes after him. I uh, pretty much a huge yeah. odd ice brawl. And, and and to set the scene, it's it's sort of like any other scrub you see on the ice where there's some pushing and shoving. Uh, you know the refs step in and start jawing. Uh, they start, you know, yelling at each other a bit. Uh, Trevor Zegers is clearly seen to say something that sends uh, Troy Stetcher just over the edge and lunging at him over referees and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and apparently the Internet, through uh, their lip reading genius, uh, claims that Zegers, uh said something to Stetcher about his father. His father had passed away Uh it was along the lines of your father's looking down on you. Some stupid crap like that. People are still convinced it's a thing. Um, here's the thing. Craig Morgan came out and said that in a tweet, I can confirm via the coyotes that Anaheim forward Trevor Zegers did not say anything about Troy Stetcher's father during their dust up last night, but per team source, he crossed the line with some very inappropriate comments. Stetcher has declined comment on the topic. I've watched the video. Here's the thing. Anything when it comes to lip reading, once you put it out there that you think it's a thing, that you think it is this, you're you're going to look to see that. Confirmation bias to a degree. Oh my God, that's, that's what it's called? <laughs> <laughs> hey, learning, learning big words here on the Hockey Show podcast. Um, <laughs> you know, so like, I didn't know that's what it was called, but through watching Ghost Adventures and shows like that, <laughs> uh, when they say, we're not sure what it's saying, we don't want to tell you what we think it's saying, but what do you think you hear? And then they play it for you a bunch. And then like, in my head, I'm like, oh, I think I hear this. And then they're like, we thought we heard. And it's like, oh, I was wrong. I didn't hear what they heard, like, or I, oh, okay, I heard what they heard, you know, and it was confirmed, you know? So, yeah, I think once the internet decided that's what was said, that's what it was. And I Mm -hmm. woke up to Zegers trending and people, 
I, I, I really was shocked to find out that apparently there's a Trevor Zegers hate club. Uh, well, I was part of the Trevor Zegers hate club, but that was mostly just because I wanted to make sure Mo Sider won the Calder Trophy over him. Outside of that, I have no problem with the guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Apparently, people yeah, have it, a problem with him outside of, you know, Calder Trophy. <laughs> yeah, and and for, for whatever it's worth, uh, Ducks play the Coyotes again on April the 8th. Uh, these are two teams that uh you know are not going to be in a playoff position (laughs) come that time so if we if that game happens and you see troy stetcher just you know go completely out of his mind to uh you know uh hurt or injure trevor zegris i think it's safe for us to sit back here and go huh maybe he did say it uh but you know, past that, he clearly said something for it. Uh, Trevor Zegers is 21. Uh, you know, as long as he's not using a, you know, hurtful slur or something like that that he should know better than to use, I, I'm willing to give him a pass. And and even if he did, frankly, you know, I would rather not be remembered for everything I did when I was 21. Same. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he probably said something he shouldn't have that was a little too far. Uh realistically that every possibility exists that he, you know, reached out to Troy Stetcher to apologize immediately afterwards. I don't think anyone's asked Troy Stetcher about it. I don't even know if anybody's asked Trevor Zegers really about it as well. Yeah. It kind of seems like Zegers has just not had to even, which I don't think he needs the answer for it, but it seems like nobody's asked him the question now that I think about it. But, yeah, but but you wanna you you it makes you kind of maybe pay more attention to that game than we would have previously. Yeah, yeah, and and here's what I'll say about the Zegers thing as well: um, the internet jumping to conclusions and and piling on the hate to the point where Zegers is in my top trending feed when I wake up in the morning, and it's just nothing but everybody spewing on this kid with no real clear anything of what actually happened outside of something was said and guy tried to kick his ass. And here's the thing on the rink. Like you said, as long as he didn't say a slur or cross the line with some type of like hateful comment, it, it is what it is. Like it's hockey, man. It, it, the guys are chirping at each other. This is what they do. Yeah, I, I promise you we would not like the things uh, that they end up saying to each other on the ice if we had all players mic'd up at all yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, it, it's it's a shame that he was trending and not for just uh, getting the overtime winner in that game, which he also did. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't know that until I actually went and read up on the game. Yeah. Which is, you know, no, that, like, that, I don't know. Uh, all right, the last thing I have is if you heard a collective scream wherever you are in the world, a loud like, huh, what was that? Uh, That was probably Toronto Maple Leafs fans when they found out that Austin Matthews was not going to be at the All-Star game. And after that game against the Rangers that they won, uh, Matthews has been sidelined with an injury. It, It was as if millions of voices suddenly cried out in terror and were never, ever silenced. 
ever. <laughs> uh, something terrible has happened. But yeah, the, uh, the he's going to be out for three weeks. Uh, I think we were all kind of expecting that a player of his caliber might try to, you know, conveniently have an injury right before the All-Star game. Uh, but if you're going to miss three weeks for it, that has got to be a pretty legit uh, injury. So uh, given where they are in the standings, they're probably going to be just fine. Yeah. Uh, this won't be the first game that they've had without him this year, uh, but you, you certainly don't like to hear it. Yeah, you don't you don't like to hear it when it is your star, but it's still the Maple Leafs. They're in a fine position. Uh, they still got Marner and everybody else there that can help help the team out a little bit uh, and help. And, and I don't think they have any ambitions of catching up to the Bruins, who are eleven points ahead. No, I don't. I don't think so either. Um, all right. That was that was kind of the last thing I had, but actually, I just want to throw this out here really quickly. Um, Backstrom, uh, I know the Capitals got pretty blown out in that game against Carolina, but Backstrom got a goal in his century uh, turning, and uh, I just kind of wanted to acknowledge that because there was a chance he could have never played hockey again, let alone score or score a goal again. So, um, kind of cool for the Capitals to get that guy uh, back. Yeah, they they got to be excited to have him, uh, you know, healthy again and able to function like that. So, uh, you know, good on them for and good for him for uh, for getting that monkey off his back, so to speak. Yeah, getting out there, getting the goal, and uh, yeah, doing his thing. So, uh, uh, and again, to circle it back to the big start of the show, um. Capitals got back, are starting to get a little healthier again. And, and good luck trying to catch them if you're the Islanders. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, sorry that uh, this might have seemed like uh, it turned into an hour plus of, hey, Islander fans, you, you think you're happy? Hmm. We're just trying to be realistic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a reason we worked in sports talk radio. All right. <laughs> um. Do you have anything else? Did do you think did we miss anything that you wanted to talk about? No, I think that's pretty much it. I have some theories about Ryan O'Reilly, but we can always get into that next week. All right, that sounds fun. Yeah, we'll we'll trade deadline a little bit next week, uh, especially since we'll pretty much just have the All Star game to talk about. Yeah. Oh boy, that should be fun. Yeah, All Star game this weekend. Um, what are your thoughts? I guess we'll wrap it up there. Um, not that excited for it, but there's always some, usually some good headlines and a couple of, uh, cool highlights that come out of it. So I'll look forward to that part of it. Um, I'm very, the thing I'm excited for the most is the skills competition. It's always, yeah, I always, always look forward to that more than the game. Yeah. Uh, same. The game for me, I wish they would have done it. Uh, the following weekend, you know, considering there's some other big thing that keeps us occupied uh, that second weekend in February when there's nothing going on in the first weekend in February. It's wild. It's, you know, there's like no sport that is in the middle of their playoff playing that first weekend in February. And, and just the NHL is like, hey, let's not have games. Let's do an all-star game. So. Uh, yeah. Um, sorry, I got distracted again through the 
pure stupidity of the scheduling and the not putting the because I uh, I was just gonna say this I will is never understand be... I will never understand why you why the NHL does not plan their All Star game on Super Bowl weekend. And this is this is going to be great off season like, content for like, us. Is that if we just just going through list by list things we'd change if we were in charge of the NHL and just running through a list of things like schedule. Okay, the only reason I could see the NHL not doing an All Star game, and I'm pretty sure the NBA is doing theirs as well. Like, uh, I, I don't know. Like, it, it's either either they overlap or it's like in two weeks. But, but and there's so much media around. That's what I was going to say. Game. Is that maybe uh, it just kind of sucks thing. all the attention away from it. It's yeah, like that's the only thing I could see being the holdup is that everybody that would be covering your thing is, as you said, locked up at because it's a week of because hell. Once Monday comes, once we get the next Monday, you start getting the media days. Like it's it's the first arrival. And then it's the players and then it's the coaches and then it's the practice, the final practice. And then it's the Friday before the game with the coaches. And then it's the Saturday before the game. Um, and the fan. Fest yeah. Yeah. The all the, uh, all the, the hundred concerts going on in the area. Um, Luke Bryan here, Kid Rock here, Cheryl Crow here rock artist here alice cooper you know i'm just starting out names now um (laughs) but all right uh got anything you want to plug john no the the people have heard from us long enough yeah uh yeah i am on twitter if you somehow have not heard of me uh jt evans the number zero uh if you have not heard enough of me uh that is where you can go to find more of my uh very intriguing thoughts and feelings yeah do it and i'm wonderful underscore radio all right thanks for listening everybody thank you bye-bye i started drinking with me cousins as far as i can tell well we never caused no trouble in fact we all worked out quite well there was me and there was billy making quite a scene with the beer and the buck of the whiskey and then many other things the last week of october and we were by the falls in room number 32 right down the kitchen hall my grandfather told me it's in your irish blood you see broke down the situation and here's what's wrong with me